To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his own blood and made us a kingdom and priest to God his Father, to him be the glory and the power forever. Amen. The word of God guiding our meditation this evening is the words of Jesus found in Luke 12, verses 4, 6, and 7. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that are not able to do any more. Are not five sparrows sold for two small coins? And not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Why, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So stop being afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. This is the gospel of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it probably happened to you at least once as a child, though you may not remember it. You were tired of always being under someone's eye. Maybe it was your mom, maybe a babysitter or teacher or camp counselor, or a big brother or sister that you felt took the job of watching you out for you a little too seriously. So when you saw an opportunity, you slipped away all by yourself to another room, to the backyard, maybe even out to the streets. Maybe... You also used the chance to do something that you knew you weren't supposed to do. Or perhaps you just did nothing much at all, simply enjoying the freedom of a lack of supervision. But eventually, something changed. A dog barked at you. Or you reached an obstacle that you couldn't get past. Or it got dark. Or some strangers came near, or your little walk through the neighborhood took you somewhere you'd never been before and didn't know how to get back from. And all that independence that you were so proudly enjoying suddenly turned to loneliness and fear. You went from liking the idea of being forgotten to being terrified that you would not be remembered. While he may not have thought about it that way at the time, something like this is what was happening with the criminal on the cross next to Jesus. We know little about him, so, so we can't say whether he came from a good home and went bad, or had a bad upbringing and this was just the natural result of it, or, or whatever. What we do know is that he had been someone who lived and acted as though no one were watching. He had enjoyed moral and spiritual independence. While he had obviously would have tried to avoid getting caught and punished by the authorities, he had made a habit of doing things that he was not supposed to do because he wanted to do them. If he thought of God at all, it was probably just appreciating that God seemed not to be paying attention to his life and his choices. We can imagine that he had had a pretty good rate of success as a thief or robber or ruffian and, and probably had some pride in his living free of anyone's constraints. Until, of course, he got caught and convicted and crucified. Old habits died hard. Matthew tells us that at first it was both of the criminals who, who heaped abuse on Jesus. But eventually, this robber lost his taste for rule-breaking blasphemy and recognized that he was lost 
and alone. There was no escaping his fate, and he had led himself to it. No one was there to plead for him or deliver him. He was forgotten and forsaken and terrified of what awaited him because of all that he had done. But somehow, somewhere, he had learned something about the man crucified beside him. He certainly heard the mocking comments about Jesus as king and Messiah and miracle worker there at the cross. Whatever it was the Holy Spirit used to spark faith in him, in humility and audacious hope, the criminal dared to say it. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He didn't ask to be saved from death. He didn't ask for relief from the pain. He didn't even ask to be forgiven for the previous scoffing. He just wanted to be remembered by the Lord of grace and mercy. Remembered with grace and mercy. Now what response he expected, we can't say. But the faith that had made the plea dared to hope. And what Jesus said, what Jesus told him would have been the greatest news he could ever hear. Amen, I tell you. Today you will be with me in paradise. Not just, I will remember you then, but you are remembered now. You may have tried to forget God, but he will never forget you. Jesus addressed the man's fears and assured him of eternal life in heaven, which meant that his sins were forgiven and his slate wiped clean. And as if this comforting message about the future of his soul was not enough, on top of that, Jesus gave the man comfort for his heart and mind. In that moment, he told him that his suffering, which with a crucifixion lasted for days, would be over that afternoon. Jesus remembered him. And it is amazing that he did so. Amazing that he would give this criminal who just a short time earlier had been mocking him, give him not just his time and attention, but give him some of the last breaths from his struggling lungs. It's amazing that he would give him comfort when he himself was suffering untold agonies. Amazing that Jesus would assure this man of God's loving attention when he himself was forsaken by his Father. But grace is amazing. And Jesus was doing all of this and enduring all of this for others, not for himself. Doing it for undeserving sinners, for this thief, even for his enemies paying for our sins, taking our punishment, dying our death, and defeating our enemies. 
And even in the worst of his suffering, the deepest depths, even as death approached, Jesus prayed that his executioners would be forgiven. And he gave the good news of salvation to a common criminal. With undeserved love, he remembered. Which means that you and I can always be confident that he will remember us too in whatever situation we may find ourselves in. If he took notice of that obviously undeserving criminal that way, no one need ever worry that he or she is going to be forgotten by Christ, whether we need rescue or redemption, comfort or or counsel. So if we are in distress because we have run away from God's family and now fear that he has forgotten us, we have his assurance that he has not. And if we are threatened or, or even just made uncomfortable because we follow Jesus and are tempted then to forsake him because he has allowed these tests and temptations into our lives, well, we can be certain that he is still paying attention and working everything out for our good. Even if someone were to kill us in our bodies, there is nothing to fear when the Lord has hold of our souls. Jesus wants us to know this. Jesus wants us to know that that God does not forget even each tiny sparrow and that he even has the hairs of our heads numbered. He is paying attention always to everything about us and everything around us, looking out for us, to bless us, to preserve us, to save us. We can stop being afraid, Jesus says. We are worth more than many sparrows. How much are we worth? We are worth lies and insults and whips and nails and vinegar. We are worth the cruelties, the crown of thorns, the cross. We are worth the life and blood of God's only begotten Son from eternity. That's how much we are worth to the Lord. So not one of us is forgotten in his sight. Not when we are mistreated because we're Christians. Not when we have family problems or financial troubles. Not when the fever spikes or our joints ache or our bodies just stop working the way they're supposed to. Not when we feel lonely and without a friend. Not when we have knowingly and deliberately sinned and only just now have come to repentance. Not when we have run away from God and fear He won't want us back. Not when our minds can't seem to focus or our lives are spinning out of control. Whatever, whenever, however, Christ's passion makes it unmistakably clear. We are always remembered. Amen. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. Amen.